Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Mark Podolsky. Mark, are you ready to do this? George, I am ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Mark, a.k.a. The Land Geek, is widely considered the foremost authority on buying and selling raw land. He is also the host of the top-rated podcast, The Art of Passive Income, as well as a professional coach. We're excited to have you on. Mark, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Sure, sure. So uh, as far as my personal life, I've got uh, three kids, uh, two boys and a girl, two teenagers. My daughter will be turning 13 in a a little bit here. I've been married 20 years. And what I do is basically I buy and sell raw land. And the way that I do it is a little unique. So what I'll do is like, George, where do you live? I live in Phoenix. You live in Phoenix. Okay. I live in Phoenix. So um, so let's say for example, that, uh, you owe $200 in back taxes on a property in Texas, right? And I'll look at the tax delinquent list and like, oh my gosh, George Grombacher owes $200 in back taxes on this 40 acre parcel in Texas. And then I'll look at the comparable sales for, let's say the last 12 to 18 months. And I'll say, oh, that, you know, that property out in rural Texas has been selling at an average price of $10,000. And what I'll do is I'll divide by four. And that gets me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So the most I can pay for your 40 acres is $2,500. And I'll actually send you an offer for that property of $2,500 contingent upon you know a few things so I can always get out of it. Three to 5% of people accept that offer because look, you owe back taxes, so you're distressed in some way. If you're not paying your taxes, you're sort of advertising to the world. You don't value it anymore, or you're maybe you know going through some kind of stressful financial situation, right? Um, and the fact that you live in Phoenix and the properties in Texas, I know definitively you have no emotional attachment to that property. So three to five percent of people accept that offer. Then we go through due diligence or research, make sure you actually own the property, back taxes aren't too high, there's no liens or encumbrances, no break in the title, like a whole checklist, right? Then we feel comfortable, okay, we can buy it. We buy the property. Now we own 40 acres of your property in Texas. And the way that we sell it in 30 days or less is we have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who that is? I do not. It's the neighbors. (laughs) The neighbors. So we send out neighbor letters before we go to the open market, protect your views, expand your holdings, right? That fear of missing out. Who's going to be my neighbor? Neighbor. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it. But instead of selling it for, let's say, $2,500, right, which is what we paid, we'll set it for $10,000 or $15,000. And then what we'll do is we'll make it a car payment. So we'll get $2,500 down and $4.99 a month over, say, 10 years. And now we've got a one-time sale. We have passive income of $4.99 coming in every single month, but we don't have to deal with renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. Because we're not dealing with a tenant, we are exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act. So there's no onerous real estate legislation. And so once you get your passive income above your fixed expenses, you're working because you want to 
not because you have to. So that's really what I do and that's what I teach. And I love it. I've been doing it full time since 2001. That's awesome. And how did you figure this all out? Well, I was uh, a very miserable investment banker <laughs> in 2000. I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. I was sort of, you know, micromanaged and high pressure. And it was kind of a soulless existence, right? I was working with these private equity groups doing mid-market mergers and acquisitions. And I hated it. And I would, I would get – it was so bad, Giorgio. I wouldn't get like – the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast. So my firm hires this guy and he tells me that on the side, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar, and he's flipping them online and he's making on average a 300% return on his investment. Well, George, I'm looking at companies all day long in a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow, right? Uh, a great company. Your average company is at 10%, and I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I don't believe him. So I got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he says. I buy up 10 half-acre parcels, an average price of 300 bucks. The next week, I put them up online, and they all sell at an average price of $1,200, 300%. It worked. Magic. So I took, it was magic. So I took all that money and I went to another auction where I live in, in Arizona, southern Arizona. Now remember, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. There's no competition. I'm buying up lots in acreage for like nothing. And over the next six months, I sold all that property. On one auction, I made over $90,000 cash. Nice. So I, so I said to my wife, I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to invest in land full time. She's pregnant at the time. She says, absolutely not. <laughs> so I said, oh, I said, okay, okay. So I invested in raw land for 18 months part-time until the land income exceeded the investment banking income. And then I quit in 2001, and I've been doing it ever since. Well, congratulations. Thanks. I saw on, on your website this idea of solo economic dependency. would love to hear about what that is and then maybe parlay that into – who really good candidates for also taking advantage of this would be. Right, right. So my first job out of college, I helped dentists buy and sell their dental practices. I was like a, like a dental broker. And what dentists had was what we called solo economic dependency. So if they weren't working in someone's mouth, they could not generate any income. And so you'd find like these, you know, not to pick on dentists, but they were pretty miserable. Um, and they, you know, it's still to this day, I think they have the highest suicide rate of all the professions. And, and the reason being is, you know, they're just kind of, you know, stuck in this. And so, you know, if you're a surgeon or you're a, a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a dentist or a lawyer, a freelancer, you have a job, anything that your time, if you're trading uh, dollars for hours and you can't generate income without you doing the work, you have solo economic dependency. If that dentist breaks his hand uh, in a skiing accident, he's got a lot of risk, right? If that surgeon breaks his hand, he's got a lot of risk or she's got a lot of risk, right? So, you know, if someone gets an illness, something happens, they're very <laughs> – they're, they're a lot of risk, right? You lose your job. You got a lot of risk. So that's what solo economic dependency is. And so – 
the way to get out of it is to create some type of passive income stream so that you're working because you want to, not because you have to. And that's and I make the argument on my podcast, the best passive income model podcast, and the art of passive income model podcast, that I have the best model because it's a one-time sale. I get recurring income every single month, and I don't have any headaches in real estate. And there's no competition. It's a huge market. No one's doing it. If you went to a real estate investment meeting, there's 100 people in that room. 99 of them are house flippers or wholesalers or landlords, right? You and I, George, would be the only land guy because you don't go on the DIY network or the HGT, HGT, HGTV and see flip this land. It's just me in front of my computer shuffling paper, right? right? It's, not, it's not interesting. It doesn't make good TV. So it's like this very unloved niche. It's not quite as sexy, huh? It's not sexy at all. It's not sexy at all. Well, I think it's sexy. Right. I, I like the fact that you know, I can work two hours uh, a week in my land investing business and, and kind of do whatever I want the rest of the time. It seems like a pretty attractive thing. What are – I know that you talked a little bit about um, mitigating a lot of the risks or some of the risks of doing this, but what, what would be the biggest risks in doing what you're doing? The biggest risks is not doing proper due diligence. So let's say if you're looking at a piece of property in, say, New Jersey or Pennsylvania, right, and you don't go on epa.gov and you buy in a super fund site, you are taking liability of millions and millions of dollars. You now are responsible for cleaning up that site. That is really risky. Now, I only buy in areas of the southwest, a little bit in the northwest, California and Florida. So I really avoid any Superfund areas, but that's going to be your biggest risk is buying in an area that has some type of environmental issue. Absolutely. So Superfund is land that has some kind of contamination on it? Correct. Correct. And the owner has, has, is responsible for cleaning it up. Mm. So they'd be happy to uh, sell it to you at a third of the price or a quarter of the price. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but otherwise, that's that's sort of the biggest risk. I've done this over 5,200 times, and uh, I've never been stuck with a piece of property. And it's it's kind of ridiculous to say, so I don't like to say it very much, but uh, I've never lost money on a property. Because if you buy any asset 30 cents on the dollar, there's someone on the other end of that deal at 50 cents, 60 cents. Like, it's it's almost impossible to lose. It doesn't matter what it is, raw land, it could be a car, it doesn't matter. Got it. And that was really my next question is I, I don't imagine that you're going to hit home runs every time. And you aren't really even trying to hit home runs. You're just trying to, to create an income stream. Do you have, when, when you're coaching people, expectations that you try to, to coach to? Yeah, I mean, you know, we really set the expectation that this is a business, right? And that if you do the steps and you follow the recipe, right? And you focus on your effort. Everything else will take care of itself. And the frustration lies in the fact that, you know, I can't control the market and either can you. So oftentimes, you know, I love that, that Tony Robbins quote, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five years. And so as soon as, you know, my clients sort of let go of their timeline, let go of sort of this results expectation, and they just focus on getting better at the marketing, the mailing, the closing, and like the five big aspects of this business, all of a sudden they start closing deals. So this weekend we had a, a big event, uh, one of our boot camps, and 
you know, I'm talking to people and, and this guy, like <laughs> Seth, Seth, you and Seth, Drayley, uh, Ewan is 21 years old. He's in college. They said, Mark, we found a seller that has 215 lots that he inherited from his dad. And they each owe $170 in back taxes. And he doesn't want them. He doesn't know what to do with them. He's going to sell them to us for a dollar. And we can sell these all day long for over $1,200. So I'm like, you're going to make over $200,000 on this one deal. He's like, yeah. Now, he wouldn't have that opportunity if he didn't actually go out and mail. Right? So just working the business, making, taking the effort and doing it, you find it's, it's you know, crazy things can happen. But I think it's just focusing on the things that you can control and letting go of the things you can't control makes all the difference. That's probably transferable to a lot of aspects of life. What are those five big aspects that you just referenced? So in our business, the first thing is going to be uh, county research. Which county do I go to? There's 3,007 counties, right? You want to go to a, a really uh, profitable county where you know that you're going to get deals there. Uh, the second big piece is getting the list because sometimes you can get it from a title company. Sometimes you get it from the assessor, the treasurer. You can buy a list from sites like agentpro247.com. And so then you've got to get the list. Then once you mail, um, the big piece is uh, closing with your seller. And now that you own the property, the marketing, and then the closing of the property yourself uh, so those are like the five big ones Got right it. there. Nice. And we've actually automated 90% of the business with software. There's never been a better time in in history to be in business, uh, whether land business or any business. It's unbelievable what you can do now with software. Incredible. Nice. Well, who should they be talking? Who, If somebody's listening to this and they say, okay, this sounds pretty interesting, do I need certain licenses to do this? No. In fact, when I first started, my real estate attorney said, don't get a license because if you get a license, then now you're an expert and you have a fiduciary responsibility. So to mitigate your own personal liability, you should sell all your properties for sale by owner. And I've been doing that since 2001, or actually 2000. Got it. So it's actually better not to have a license. Are there other parties that you would consider talking to if... Should somebody involve their accountant or you, you reference yeah, the attorney? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, you know, we provide a lot of that information for you to go out and, and get, uh, you know, your accountant involved, to get your attorney involved. We provide a land sale contract, a purchase sale agreement, a promissory note, um, you know, for all our clients so that they don't have to hire an attorney. But yeah, absolutely. Get get a second opinion on on the paperwork. Um, we have an accounting system that we use that's profit first. Um, and then, sure, go to a CPA and, and ask them about some of these issues. Now, we've since I've been doing this forever, I, I kind of know them all, but it's not a bad idea to get some you know a trusted advisor involved as well. Got it. Excellent. And if somebody wanted to get started with you. And they say they're they're listening to this, and they say this is fascinating. You know, I'm I'm making pretty good money, but I would like some kind of passive income. How much money would somebody have to have to start making deals? You know, I started with three thousand dollars. My buddy Duran started with eight hundred dollars. Uh, one of my students, Paul Mandel, had like no money. Like he is literally 
like a couple hundred bucks, right? <laughs> so, he, so, he, so he does a mailing. He locks up this property in upstate New York. And he says to the seller, look, it's going to take me 90 days to close this deal, right? Well, it takes like you know a few days to just do due diligence. So he buys himself 90 days to find a buyer. And he sends out neighbor letters. And so the neighbors want to buy it. So he's like, great. So he asks the neighbor... And the neighbor wanted to pay cash. So the neighbor then goes and pays Paul, right? Now, Paul then pays his seller. He does a dual closing, and he puts on the paperwork, record this deed first, record this deed second. And he creates like $12,000 cash by just sending out, you know, maybe $100 worth of (laughs) mail. Nice. So you don't need a lot of money. And, And the interesting thing is like, Again, if you if you you know you make your money in real estate on the buy, not on the sell, because there's always someone else out there. You can wholesale your land if you don't have any money. You can lock it up. You can assign a contract. There's all types of things to do. So, people again are listening. They say, "Okay, Mark seems like he's got an awesome system. How do I get started with you?" I, I would just go to thelandgeek.com and you can download for free the passive income blueprint. Get our ebook, How to Avoid the Three Fatal Land Buying Mistakes, and then get our podcast delivered to your email inbox every single week. And there is so much information in there. Um, you'll know definitively if this is right for you or not. And you'll know definitively if I'm right for you or not. I'm not the only person in town uh, that can do this. And so I, I think that's also reassuring is that there's other people and other websites that you can go to uh, to learn about it if. You know, you don't like my voice, right? I, like, I'm getting <laughs> sick of my own voice, George. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Mark, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Oh, my gosh. So we were talking about this before the podcast, and I have so many tips. But I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm such a geek, and I'm so big into automation that as of today, my favorite automation sites are two – it's Zapier.com, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com, and Airtable.com. And between those two things, you can run a business. Um, because I always say, you can always make more money, you can't get more time. And these two tools save you so much time. Even if it's just five seconds that you can eliminate for the rest of your life, that's five seconds you just got back. I mean, it's unbelievable what you can do with those two sites. So Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. I'm in there every day in Airtable.com, A-I-R-T-A-B-L-E.com. They're pretty geeky, but it's awesome. Well, nice. That is great stuff. I think that definitely warrants a come on. Come on. So, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mark your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Thank you again, Mark. Hey, George, if your listeners want and they email support at thelandgeek.com. They put in the subject line, George or Savage Nation. We'll send them for free our $97 passive income launch kit course. So hopefully they'll do that. Awesome. And we'll also put that in the notes of the show. We appreciate that, Mark. Not a problem. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!